Jackie McMullen, Hall of Famer, is with us. Yeah, let me tell you right yeah, now. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick Bartholomew wrote a great book together, uh, Basketball, A Love Story. Yeah. Um, and, of course, um, it shares its title with the ESPN film that's coming up here. Mm-hmm. It's a 10-part series, I believe. Uh, it's going to be great. The film's film. going to be great. Uh, we were just joking that Woj was in here, you know, dropping yep. Woj bombs. And Michael's like, how do you get your sources? Yeah, how does this work? I mean, Jackie. <laughs> so, Michael. What? I was around when you played. Yeah. I was a very young reporter, <laughs> yes, you and were. I do recall you whispering a thing or two in my ear oh, in the day. Oh, Michael! I knew it. I knew what? Just saying. Just saying. Players and agents, huh? And a few uh, general managers. And a GM that wants good pub. I mean, there's yeah, there's plenty see, of places to go. Right. <laughs> plenty of you places to go. You were the leak, go. Michael. She Me? just discovered. No, no, no. Just discovered you know, what? I was joking with Isaiah Thomas about yeah. this. Not the one with the two A's. The one, you know, Zeke. The Zeke. The real Isaiah at the Hall of Fame. I saw him a couple weekends ago, and and. I, we were laughing about like I used to go into their locker room and, and Bill Lambert would be like bleep you get out blah, blah, blah. and then he'd leave and he'd go alright what's going on yeah. you know? and it was like Lambert and Isaiah were two of my best sources and they were Detroit and I was covering Boston right. and no one ever suspected it was the greatest thing ever that's yeah. hilarious that's yeah. awesome um, so I want to get into this what you guys are collaborating on here with Dan Clores obviously who produced mm-hmm. the film um Real quick on the stuff that's going on in the news, the Jimmy Butler stuff. Like, how surprised were you guys about um, all of this happening now, uh, Time right is on the strange. eve, and, and the teams, all that stuff? Like, what, how, what level of surprise there for you guys? Well, I mean, as a native New Yorker and a little bit of a Knicks fan, uh, I'm I'm surprised that these guys think that they can uh, defeat all of the, all of the bad karma in New York. <laughs> I'm also uh, willing to uh, willing to dream a little bit about it if it actually comes together for the Knicks. Yeah, see, I I think. Um, I'm like Jimmy Butler. What is he doing? Okay, what yeah. is he doing? Like Tibbs, Tibbs gave him all his faith, all his love. And I get Tibbs works players too hard. Work through that. This is the second team that Jimmy Butler's busting his way out of. And don't you find it interesting that the three teams he chooses as destinations? Well, first of all, they're not good teams. The only thing they have in common, we all know what it is. It's max cap space. Mm-hmm. What does that say about Jimmy Butler? Now, if Jimmy Butler comes out and says, "Look, man, I just want my payday." Amen, brother. You're the first honest NBA guy I've been around when it comes to money. Okay? And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But it, the, the timing of this is weird. Um, if I'm Tibbs, I'm going to hang on to him for a little while. Also, the one thing I'm so happy about, no lie, is that the Nets are on this list because I'm telling you what, Kenny Atkinson. Such a good coach. Is such a good coach. Yeah. And Sean Marks is an excellent GM. And I'm glad for them that they're in a conversation. That just takes you how, it gives you an idea of how far yeah. they've come. Oh, as a Bostonian, someone's always around the Celtics, aren't you a little concerned that Kyrie and Jimmy might end up in New York next year and you might lose Kyrie? So everyone asks me that, Michael, and so I just asked Kyrie and the people around him, and they tell me they have never had a conversation with Jimmy Butler about this. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's true or not, you guys, I'll leave that for you to decide. I think Kyrie Irving is perfectly happy in Boston. I, the way things are going, he is the man there, undisputed. No one is disputing that. The fans love him. They were chanting MVP when he wasn't hurt. Like it's everything you would want. You have a great, you have very stable ownership, a, a really clever GM, and a coach that that he used to talk about to me when he was with Cleveland. How much he loved. Mm-hmm. So I think everything's in place here. Here's the question that might be more pertinent, Michael. What if that knee starts to act up again? If you're the Celtics, are you going to hand him a max? multi-year paycheck if you think that knee is a little suspect i don't think it is based on what i know but that's the scenario that would interest me more something to take into consideration i was thinking about what you said about butler maybe the only flip side of that is 
Maybe he doesn't buy into the young guys there. Clearly, they, they're not meshing. Well, clearly he doesn't, Maybe yeah. he doesn't buy into the front office and just the ownership, whatever, in the team. And he's thinking, okay, for five years, yes, I may have to take a, a loss if I, if I were to go to mm-hmm. one of those teams. But somebody else is going to come. And so he's thinking he's going to do a little bit in the sense of what LeBron did. Sure. And go but to he's a not team. LeBron. But, but I agree with you, year. except right. for that he's not LeBron. He, and, right. He may want to be, but right. yeah, he's obviously and, not. And like, so who – so the, like, I really think Jimmy Butler's a great player. Let me say that. I mean, look at the numbers with him on the floor versus off the floor in Minnesota. So the defensive number, they fall apart yeah, when he's totally not different. there. He's And he's always a guy that talks about toughness and come to war with me. And this just doesn't strike me as that as that guy. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So, so is, mm-hmm. how good is Jimmy Butler? Is he so good that people are dying to play with him? Not really. So that's a problem. Yeah. Hall if, of Famer Jackie McLellan sure. and Rafe yep. Bartholomew is here who are uh, responsible for this great new book that's coming out and a film that's going to be produced here soon. Basketball, a love story. Oh, I like that. Who Go ahead, up? Rafe, ask him. Ask your, okay, ask yeah. your question so, so before you continue. One of the big things in the book and the film is mm-hmm. every interview that was conducted begins start with whatever player or exec or coach that we were speaking to asking them how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? So mm-hmm. you being you fall in love? How did, how did, what was your first love in basketball? Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. How did I fall in love with basketball? Well, I always loved sports growing up in the Bahamas and the islands. Mm-hmm. And I guess I fell in love with basketball by when I was able to. When I was able to. Because you remember now, this is back in the 1960s. Were you around then, Sudell? Not quite. You weren't I, even born, Rick. We're, we're, we're the same year. I, I was not yeah. born either. Rick and I went to school yeah. together. So I was here. Jackie was in diapers. I should point out, you were the first ever... Not well, I guess in international I was mm-hmm. not American yeah. basketball player number one overall pick. That's right. There you go. But how did I fall in love with the game? Back in the Bahamas, when the weather was good, when we could see TV, as George knows that living down there in Miami himself, we had these antennas on our roofs, black and white TV, and when the weather was good on Sunday afternoons, as a little boy, I got to see the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Lakers, Lakers. play. Yeah. I I got to see Bill Russell, Willis Reed, Will Chamberlain. And that's what piqued me in basketball. So I fell in love with basketball watching Wilt, Willis Reed, and Bill Russell. And the funny, funny part of all of this, so I was in Miami. Was it last year that I ran it? I, I was there when the Lakers were playing. And Michael was part of a, still a very legendary high school basketball team in Miami called the Jackson Five. Yeah. Okay. Um, they went to Miami Jackson High School. Mm-hmm. And when I was there and we were talking, a guy approached us and said, are you Michael Thompson of the Jackson Five? Oh, how cool is That's that? That's what yeah. he was approached. And it was five awesome. Bahamian players, right? Four Bahamian players Four. and two Cuban-Americans who right. were more Cuban than Americans. Is that true? So nobody wow. liked us. That's, That's a how good story. It is a great story. And they beat everybody by 30 points. Or I'm going to tuck that one away. I'm going to be back to see you someday. A good so, story. Look, so I will read anything that you write, Jackie. Uh, I will read anything that Rafe writes, uh, including his book on the Philippines and the basketball. How about the one, one about favorites. his dad in the bar? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great look, bar. Any, anything like that. Now, I, I do have one bone to pick, though, about basketball love story. What's so I'm, I'm going into the index, and I'm looking, okay, okay, uh, Thompson. David Thompson. Okay, yeah. a bunch of stuff. David you got Thompson. cut out, Michael. Then I'm looking, John Thompson. Okay, yeah. I should get that. Clay Thompson. Get that. Tina Thompson. Wait. Where's so, Michael Thompson? Right, so What's I'm going to tell you. There's actually there, a there very is a story. There's a very good story really? why he's cut out. Okay, but we can't we can't be completely. We can't. I can't tell you who or why. Okay, but someone had a great soundbite about Michael Thompson and how Pat Riley thought that the 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 you know the Celtics were out muscling the Lakers and they needed somebody big and physical to help them and that guy was Michael Thompson. Right. The problem was in the in the you because know, it's an oral history. Right. Had Michael Thompson come in the wrong year, and he went on and on about, and we had no. it in there. And then I, when we started fact checking, I'm like, 
He didn't come. You didn't come in 1985. No, 87. Right. Yeah. So we couldn't. So, so Riles messed it up. No, Riles with, didn't. No, somebody else. Oh, had to deal with Kevin uh, McHale, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, Riles well, cut were, you out, Mike. They, uh, they were friends. In yeah. yeah. Well, well, Minnesota, teammates. of course. Yeah, teammates, but that's, yeah. Michael had his dad. Yeah. Had somebody so I apologize him. for that, but there's a reason why you're not in there. That's there it is. Oh, look at that. Technicality. You got Clay in there. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Clay's my man. You know that. Clay's my guy. What's this book about? Obviously, the love of basketball. But a love story. What's it about as people listening to us right now? So it's based on this giant cache of about 170 long interviews. I mean, some uh, as long as four or five hours. Five hours with for Oscar for Oscar Robertson, yeah. and wow. they asked us, and they were originally done for the documentary, the film, and then they asked Jackie and I to go through all this and pick out the the most powerful stuff and, and make a book out of it. So it really felt like, and I, I say this every time, and I mean it every time, it felt like they they dropped the Dead Sea Scrolls of basketball on us and said, you know, show us the Bible. I mean, it, it's and it, it, at times for people who love the sport, it's that it's that powerful. Right, so it go, we're talking about everything in this book. Mm-hmm. So the, the the point shaving scandals of the fifties and sixties, which young people probably don't even know about, right. and I maintain, especially now with gambling coming into the NBA, could happen no. tomorrow. No, it can't. You know why? Guys are making too much money, uh, Jackie. Nobody's going to risk making three million bucks a year to save for a hundred thousand to drop to shave points. Well, Nobody's going to do that. We'll see. Oh, come on. You well, I'm talking about colleges. No, 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 I'm talking about colleges. Not pros. Not pros. Oh, colleges. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were talking about colleges. Yeah, yeah, but those, oh, yeah, but those, that's how yeah, it yeah. starts. So those college yeah. guys yeah. are supposed to go to the pros. <laughs> Mike was like, that already happens anyway. Yeah, right. People, people yeah, ask right. me about that, about gambling coming to the NBA with guys in the NBA be susceptible to, you know, yeah. to get oh, yeah. I said, no, they make too much money. Yeah, don't, don't look up 1976 in Minnesota Golden Gophers, okay? Right, We don't want to get into all that. Or Boston College. Boston College. Do you guys have another segment in you? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So stick around, because I want to ask you about what Kobe and, and Phil discussed in the book. I think that is uh, yeah, very good. here to very the audience here. Uh, so we'll have that. Uh, Rafe Bartholomew and the Hall of Famer Jackie McMullen with us here. Michael Thompson, Mike Trudell. It's the Sedano Show on ESPN LA. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mike's here, too. Thompson, Trudell, Rafe Bartholomew. <laughs> Jackie McMullen. Oh, Hall of Famer. the guy with her? Jackie McMullen hanging Stop out it. with us. That's right. I'm sure that doesn't bother Rafe. I don't not, not at all. I, used to it. Yeah, around Jackie, yeah, you kind of yeah. are just happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the book is Basketball, a Love Story on sale already, right? On yes, sale already. yes. Amazon, all Everywhere. those places. Everywhere. Yeah, Barnes and Nobles. Buy it on Amazon. We're trying to get in the top 25, right? There you right. go. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. But not too far. We're, yeah. we're very close. There you go. So make sure you do that. It's Basketball, Love Story. So... Um, you talk to Magic, you talk to LeBron, you talk to Kobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these people are, uh, you know, obviously Lakers centric. So uh, let's talk about those interviews. Let's start with with Magic, right? Like what uh, what kind of conversations did you have with Magic? Well, before you answer that, I saw this. Why did you choose him to write the foreword? We did? Yeah, didn't you? I thought he wrote well, the no, 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 no. He is, it? Magic is he's chosen, uh, he's the first and last word. His quote well, comes first. I mean. Yeah. Um, Why him? Because he personifies the love of the game, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, I think of any yeah. player who, who yeah. really, could, you know, who brought out the love, the visible love of his teammates mm. and the fans and just sort of could inspire that love in everyone, and Magic's just seemed oh. right. right. And he had a couple great quotes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Michael, a that's, that's a paragraph, not a foreword. I don't know. I don't read books. I don't know what a foreword I mean, but you'll read this one. 
Yeah. And by the way, you yes. you know better than anybody, of that? course. But, well, you always talk about the Magic. I mean, he's he's your favorite. He's the yeah. greatest teammate yeah, ever. Irvin, you he's say a, that he's all a the Pied time. Piper. He's yeah. the biggest smile leader in team sports history. Yeah, you and you know what that. else? Like one of the things we had in this book that I think we unearthed a little more about was when when Irvin became HIV. I call him Irvin. Isn't that weird? But yeah. I do. Became HIV positive, mm-hmm. and uh, we, you know, if you remember in the time, he put on a good face every single day. He was smiling, shooting baskets, all that. You know, you find out now in the book that David Stern and all the head honchos from the NBA are up in their ivory tower thinking, what are we going to do? Because this player is going to die. Yeah, right. we all thought that. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And Irvin, yeah, course, yeah. Irvin's taking 15 pills a day, throwing up every other hour, and then going out and putting a smile on for the public. Right. And some of the back channel stuff about owners and how they wanted to push back on Irvin being allowed back into their league. I thought that was all very interesting. Yeah, it is. So for a book like this... Everybody that's going to be mentioned has to have this certain level of charisma and hard work and intelligence, all that. How many people match what magic has? That just that special when when you when he walks by you or just comes up to you, there's just something obviously very special. I just yeah. how are there how many people can actually match that that you've spoken to in this business? Wow. So Michael Zora was different. Michael Zora was like, I'm going to kill you, but I'm still going to touch you. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, I'm going to kill you, but I'm still going to say hello to you. So his Zora to me was was very, very, very powerful. Uh, Dr. J didn't have the personality that Irvin had, but he was a player that players just... Yeah. just and, and you know who else who's in here? Iverson. Right. Players yeah. oh, of that him. generation swear by Arvison. Now he was a thorn in all of our sides. Right. He was very difficult to cover. And we have we do have some good Irish stuff Iverson well, stuff in here. Rafe, you and I are born in the same year, but Iverson was for a fan too. Like he was when I was a kid, that was one of the guys, right? The, the, there was something just there was a, a magnetism about him and whether you were you're from the from Manhattan, I'm from the sub- suburbs in Minnesota, and there's just there was some there really was something about AI. Oh, without a doubt. I mean just just seeing the way he played the I mean the his crossover, I mean his the, those Georgetown teams and even, I mean, I think back, I mean, I spent a lot of time uh, studying and, and writing about basketball in the Philippines. You go around that country, people are still to this day watching YouTube clips of Allen Iverson. Right. You'll find kids who aren't old enough to have seen him play live who will tell you their favorite basketball player is Allen Iverson. That's just how widespread his, his appeal was. Well, and he crossed over Jordan. Yeah. He did. He, he did cross over Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. And Jackie, you guys talked to everybody, all the legends, but yet uh, no Michael Jordan. What happened to Jordan? How come you couldn't get, into, uh, get him to sit down with you? Well, Jordan's people were really great. Great. And you know this was this was something that Dan negotiated, and uh, he does have his own documentary coming out. So, oh, that's so, right, there is there yeah, is there another is. ESPN. And, uh, 30 and 30. It, there was yeah. no disrespect there. I think it. I think at one point there was talk about trying to get Obama to interview Jordan. So we're not really privy to yeah. all that. Right. Uh, um, that would have been an interesting interview, <laughs> yeah. huh? Wouldn't it have been yeah, something? Man. So, uh, but we have so much Jordan in here, mm-hmm. a lot of Jordan in here, and from everybody else around him, right. Pippen, Phil. Um, I hit the competitors, competitors obviously. Yeah. And um, all the Knight, Nike right? stuff, yeah. Bob Knight, some great stories about that. Obviously, so. you talk Je- to some legendary players and that their journey through. Oh, be quiet, George. Jordan's just laughing that you're just steamrolling everybody. I, I wanted to ask Jackie this because she talked to all the legendary players from way back in the 50s and 60s right. and 70s when they had to go through a lot of stuff that compared yeah. to what kids have to go through today, which is nothing. Nothing. Do any of these legends ha- harbor any like lingering bitterness from, from yes. what they had to go through? Yes, uh, and you know, Oscar's at the top of that list, oh. but I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. So Oscar Robertson, and maybe everybody knows this story, but his high school team won the state championship mm. okay, in Indiana, right? So the year before, the team that won was an all-white team, and they took them all around this rotary circle, and then they went to the center of the town on the fire engine. Everybody got off the fire engine, and all the families came, everybody celebrated. So now this black team wins, and they go around the circle, and then they go eight miles out of town. 
because they're worried about all those blacks congregating and <laughs> celebrating. And, you know, you can laugh, but if you're one of those kids on that yeah. fire engine, yeah. that's pretty crummy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Oscar carries a lot of that. I mean, there's this, this story about Wayne Embry getting ready to play the Celtics when he's with uh, mm-hmm. when he's with the Celtics in Philadelphia, playing Philadelphia, and he's backing up Russell, and he's sitting there meditating, getting ready for the game. You know, seconds before the game, he's just about to get up. He's sitting on the bench, and a Philly fan <clears throat> throws a banana in his lap and says, have a good game, you ape. Wow. And, and John Thompson tells a story in the book about um, Clarence Big House Gaines, the former coach of Winston-Salem State, Earl Monroe's coach in college. Right. And on the day that uh, Gaines was inducted to the, yeah. the Basketball Hall of Fame, John Thompson was there to, to introduce him. And... You know, Gaines showed the ring, the Hall of Fame ring, and it said Smokey Gaines. Smokey it's like they don't, e- they still don't even Wrong know my name. name. Wow. Wrong name. Yeah, Jeez. and so many, so many stories like that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of racial discrimination, and uh, and also for the women, like a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's women's game is in here too, and mm-hmm. what they went through just to just to play. Yeah. You know, just to be able to play. Yeah. Like, I don't... Simple things like that. And uh, who do you consider the greatest woman player ever? Is it Cheryl Miller? Is it Diana Taurasi? It was going to be Cheryl Miller. I saw Cheryl Miller. I covered that woman's final four. The only woman's final four I've ever covered in Norfolk, Virginia. She mm-hmm. was a freshman and she just dominated. And she won. She was played for USC. And then she hurt her knee. You know, she never had her full career. But she was the most incredible woman's player. And, she, and by the way, there's More a lot so of Tarasi. Because a lot of people are saying it's Tarasi. Well, now. Tarasi, because she's she's the most decorated. Mm-hmm. And, and be honest, it could possibly pass her. I mean, there's a lot of great. I mean, Lisa Leslie was pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah Candace yeah. Parker. For sure. Candace Parker, because I think she's a mom. I think, and, and I'm a mom, and right. I know that once I had my kids, I probably wasn't at the top of my game for a while. My kids were small. It's hard to be. Yeah. You know? um, Annie Myers was pretty good. Nancy yeah. Lieber, I could, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to pick. With Phil, um, what were those conversations like, and was there any talk about his most recent stint? Um, was that even part of the conversation? His interview took place a long time ago, so okay. you have to remember that this, this, these It's been a project for a while, right. It's been like right. six, a six-year project. Okay, okay. So when Phil was interviewed, um, everybody in New York still thought he was God. Right, right. <laughs> so what was what was his conversation like? Well, Phil's so interesting because he's, he's just so, um, he's all positive self-talk, right? Yeah. And he's... Uh, you know, he loves to make fun of the Spurs for that asterisk. You know, yeah. he, he has a hard time giving other people credit. Yeah. But I always liked his insights into the players he had and some of the insights to Kobe and telling Kobe, like, you, you, you think you want to be the leader of his team? You're, you're too immature. You, you can't even get along with these guys. And Kobe saying, well, all they talk about is girls and, and music, you know. And Phil's <laughs> like, well, figure it out, dude. <laughs> you know? and, um, a little later on in, in the chapter that focuses on the Kobe and Shaq Lakers and Phil, there's, he, they, when he talks about the 2008 fight, Finals right and, and basically letting the Lakers hang out to dry in that game six when they're getting their On asses purpose. kicked. Yeah, so they would remember it the next year, thinking they'd be back. That the, that part that really was really meant. good. And I think wasn't it Burka that, that after works. game three? Was it game three? Burka said to him, "You're going to lose the series." He goes, "No, man, it's just one game." Burka goes, "No, you lost them. The series is over." And Burka was right. Yeah, who's a uh, all-time l- legend, Bill Burka? Oh, oh he's yeah. the best. He's amazing. That so, staff I saw him great. at summer league. Actually, he's still, he's yeah. still at the Lakers yeah. uh, facility every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Jackie Ray. Whose love story, whose love affair with basketball would you say is the most compelling, the most interesting of all the people you talk to? You say, you got to read this guy's story. 
Well, see, it's a woman for me. It's Nancy it's Lieberman. Oh, okay. You know why? Because yeah. Nancy Lieberman grew up in, in, in Rockaway. Yeah, far Rockaway, far New Rockaway, York. New York. Mm-hmm. No money. She talked about how the lights, they were two seconds away from the lights going out. They were, you know, one food stamp away, one grandmother away from being able to make the rent. Her parents were divorced. They had no money. And, and she said she's sitting there with her brother when, and the lights go out. She goes, what the hell just happened? He goes, we're poor. She goes, I'm not poor. He goes, he goes, yeah, you're poor. We don't have any money. And she's like, I'm not going to live my life like this. And she discovered basketball, and basketball became her ticket out. Mm-hmm. And for so many people in this book, basketball was their way out. And one of the most poignant things, I think, and I believe it's in the film as well, was Connie Hawkins saying, nobody ever told me I was good at anything except for basketball. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Rafe Bartholomew and Hall of Famer Jackie McMullen. The book is Basketball, A Love Story, on sale now. Buy it on Amazon. It is an unbelievable book. All the legends are in it, as Michael pointed out earlier. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for Thank having you. us. We'll yes. be seeing you guys a lot this year. Yes, so you will, yeah, Jackie, definitely stop by as much as you'd like. You know this I is your house, that. so there you go. All right. Coming up next, uh, Rachel Nichols is going to stop by as well. Uh, she had a big interview today with Mark Cuban. We want to talk to her about that and, and kind of get her thoughts. Yes. If you want to know how to be a television journalist, everybody sit down and watch what Rachel Nichols did with Mark Cuban today. It was spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I texted her immediately after it was done. I saw her in the building and I said, that was some of the best television I've ever seen. Like, you did an unbelievable job. So we'll talk to Rachel about that. Uh, Plus, the Dodgers are, uh, you know, looking pretty good, Michael. They're ready. Yeah. We'll get into that coming up in just a second.